This is a summary of the second sicha of Parshas Miketz, Lekutni Sichos, Echelek Yud. We had an episode, the famous story, where the seven years of the followed by the seven years of famine. So it's the whole land of Egypt became hungry, was in a state of starvation, and they cried out to Parai, asking for bread. And he told them, go to Yosef, whatever he tells you, you shall do. That's the Pasuk we're dealing with. Now this sikha is a Rashi sikha, but we're not going to study the Rashi. We're going to look at the Pasuk and see the difficulty, and thereby see the sikha of the Rebbe. Now, you read this Pasuk, a simple Pasuk, and they go to Yosef, and they buy, they end up, everyone sells everything they have, basically, and Yosef buys out the whole Mitzrayim, and that's the story in the title. The difficulty is, it's a very difficult Pasuk. Hashem, um, I'm sorry, Pare had already told the uh, Yosef that he should be in charge of all the needs of the of the people. Right? He already told him when he appointed him, that everyone gets their sustenance through him. He's the minister-in-chief. He's the one who administ- the administrator. In fact, as far as the Egyptians were concerned, he was really the king in far as administration was concerned. Pari was almost like a rubber stamp. Pari, of course, was the ultimate king. But Yosef, for years, was the one arranging the food. He was the one organizing everything, doing everything. The question arises, why are they coming to Pari in the first place? And then Pari tells them, go to Yosef. What's the Kiddush? What's the novelty? Why weren't they going to Yosef in the first place? From here, it would seem clear that, of course, they went to Yosef. There was a problem with their interaction with Yosef, which lead that, led them to go to Pari. What is that problem? So it's fascinating. It's something that the Pasuk itself would tell us that, that from earlier in the Taita that such a thing, such an event would, would occur. We learned about the obligation of having a bris for the family of Avram Avinu, him and all his generations moving forward. But if you study the text over there, you shall see that not only the family themselves were obligated to get a bris, but the Pasuk adds... Anyone who's Yilid anyone who's a member of your household, a child who's born in the household, even from servants and slaves, and so on, or who's purchased by you. And the simple reading is that these are people who are secondary to you, even though they're not part of the family. But why? The answer is that being that they are under your jurisdiction, uh, it is your obligation to feed them, to take care of them, they're under your wing, they are tfeilim loy, to use Hebrew words, they are secondary. To you, therefore, as an extension of you, they have to have a bris, which, parenthetically, the Rebbe explains, explains why in Shechem, there was this concept that they that we're going to be, become one people, we're going to become like one family, we're going to marry into each other, and therefore you should have to get a bris. Even though, according to Rashi, we know from other places, it's forbidden for a non-Jew to mutilate themselves. However, there's this mitzvah of bris, and the moment you're joining in and being part of the family, then to be part of the family, you have to get a bris. So that was by Shechem. They said, we're going to marry into each other. We're going to, we're going to consider each other one people. You have to get a bris. So too, the Taita doesn't just say, you live based those who are born into the household. Also people who you purchase, people who are under your jurisdiction, etc. And therefore, it should be clear to anyone studying the Chumash that the moment Yosef is the most powerful man in Egypt, to the point that he's... He's the, the party tells him and gives him the power. No one should lift a hand or a foot throughout Egypt without your permission. 
without your under your jurisdiction, his absolute power. In fact, a, a king uh, is, a, is a true thing. It's accepted by the people. His subjects are actually referred to as avadim. If you look in halacha, avde hamelech, the servants of the king. The king, right? This this might even be the explanation according to some opinions of dino de malchusa dino, because the inhabitants of the land have given themselves over completely to the jurisdiction of the king. People want to have a king for whatever reason. This is before the age of democracy, and of course there are advantages to having an absolute uh, uh, power, even though the disadvantages most times, ninety percent of the time outweigh any benefits however this is this is a a a, um, a paradigm or a framework where which could exist legally so a king is an absolute power so the moment yosef is the most powerful man in egypt and he has all these people who are under his jurisdiction and under his power under his wing seemingly he has an obligation to get them to do a bris and indeed we can assume that he did so and he was trying to do it but you can't force, you can't blackmail, especially when uh, when Parai, apparently, probably we can assume that Parai himself never got a bris. And uh, if Yosef ever really wanted to enforce the bris, he had a hard way of doing it because Parai wasn't, uh, Parai would always wave it aside and it was, it was no, no big deal. But clearly, Yosef was trying his best to do this. In fact, Rashi says, Yosef was constantly, this is something he did constantly, he was always trying to get them to get a bris milah. All of a sudden, this situation arises in our Parsha where he had them. He was the one in charge of distribution of food. They need food. He tells them, you get a bris, I'm going to give you food. You don't get a bris, you get no food. This was his moment. He has them, he can blackmail them, and he can fulfill his obligation and bring the Egyptians to have the bris. So they came to Pare. They knew Pare was no big, uh, was wasn't a big fan of uh, of Bris per se. To help them, he said, "Give it to me." Now, why indeed didn't Pare just override him? Pare already declared that I'm greater than you, Yosef. Whatever I say goes. So he should have said, "Everyone, you know, release the grain with or without it." From here, we must say that Pare, that Yosef had a very strong force. In fact, his force was so strong that if you look closely at the wording of the pasuk, it says. Go to Yosef, whatever he will tell you, you should do. Whatever he will tell you. What do you mean you will tell you like in the future? It sounds like we're talking about something. Clearly, Yosef must have been demanding something in advance, which is why they're coming to Pari in the first place. What do you mean whatever they will, whatever he will tell you? Pari was trying to emphasize, he was trying to say what a stronghold Yosef had over them. He tells them, he says, he has the upper hand. This is... You know, in a negotiation, when someone has won the negotiation by far because they have all the chips, they have all the cards, you're in a total position of blackmail. There's nothing you can negotiate anymore. So he says, whatever he says, even in the future, even if he has a new request, we are totally under his domination. Why would he go so far? Why would he go so far? So we see an amazing thing that indeed, Pare, uh, the, the Egyptians, the Egyptians had actually... Um, stored away Tzvua. They stored away, but it rotted. It rotted. And this is what... So this is... So Pari asked them, he says, what is it? was it natural? Did it happen naturally? Or did you do everything to preserve it? And then unnaturally, you know, miraculously, it must have been because Yosef had decreed so, it went away. And indeed, they said that uh, that, that it happened supernaturally. 
So then he told them, if so, Yosef is able to decree what he wants. He could even make us die. He can even make us die. I could force him to give the tzvua, but how's it going to help? Maybe the, the tzvua he's going to give you is going to rot. Who knows what's going to do? He can make you die. He can make us all die. Right? Now, Yosef's a tzaddik. Why would he make everybody die? Okay, you could say that if you left him with no with no recourse, he has something which is very important to him for religious purposes, that you should get a bris. So that's why. But... Uh, but he's not. Uh, he didn't kill you till now for the last seven years for not getting a bris. Clearly, Yosef. And who's for, so? Why would Yosef cause everyone to die? The answer is because Pare, Pare is forcing him to go against his religion, and that would co- be a cause of death. That would be a cause of death. So Pare was even afraid of his own death. He said, "What if he tells me to die? And then if he tells me to die, maybe I'll make all of you die. Why would you deserve to die? Because you forced me, Pare, to force him to release the tzvua. So we're in a, we're in a situation where whatever he says." essentially has to go. And that's the dynamic of where Rashi is learning when he's studying this. So these are the questions which are bringing him to this point. And the, and the, the, the previous, the initial title, what we learned from here at is that when you're a Jew who's completely connected to Hashem like Yosef, Chassidus explains that why was Yosef able to be in such a position of power in the metropolitan and still remain so Jewish and so loyal. And of course, he's the prototype for our generation because we live in an era where all the ghetto walls have crumbled down. Yosef's our role model to survive as a proud and loyal Jew um, in the metropolitan. And the reason why he had the power is that because he was so connected to Hashem, he saw the reality of Hashem so clearly that nothing was a distraction. He didn't see anything as being in opposition or being any contradiction to godliness at all. And he was the same level of godliness wherever he went because he just saw the whole world as God's world. But we see something even more powerful from this whole story that he used that influence not only for himself, he made the world itself bend and be transformed to his will, that it's his playing field, it's his playing ground. And he made everyone get a bris, and even the lowest place on earth, he saw it within his ability to totally and utterly transform it, and uh, we shall learn that lesson from Yosef HaTzadik.